0: Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. I'm Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm a postdoc and veterinarian with SMEC, and I'll be hosting today's podcast. And with me, I have Dr. Carricker.
1: Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm Dr. Locke Carricker, I'm director of the Swine Medicine Education Center and a professor at Iowa State in the Veterinary Diagnostic Production Animal Medicine Department.
0: We're happy to have you today. Just a reminder, this is a producer focused podcast. Each episode is focused on a different swine health topic of interest. All of the topics are generated from pork producer submitted questions. If you have a question you'd like featured, please send it to us at isusmec at iastate.edu. That's isusmec at iastate.edu. Please put SMEC podcast question in the title of your email to ensure that we receive it and we'll try to get it on the podcast as soon as possible. So what we do is review current resources related to the topic to answer your question, connect it to you, the pork producers, to give you relevant information you can take to the farm. Most of the resources that we refer to are in the notes associated with the podcast. If you have any issues, please send us an email, and we're happy to help you access the resources. So with that, let's jump in today's podcast, we're going to talk about antimicrobial stewardship. We've had a lot of questions about what that is and kind of how to improve your stewardship, so we'll, we'll jump right into that. This will be more of a question and answer type podcast, so Dr. Carricker really has a lot of the information that we'll be covering today. So the first question is, what is an antimicrobial stewardship program?
1: So an antimicrobial stewardship program is a formal approach to making sure that we maintain the value to the antimicrobials that we have available. As most people know, resistance um, is increasing in both human pathogens and animal pathogens, and that resistance can be traded and transferred such that those um, resistance elements and capabilities and genes really move in kind of a global manner through our entire um, ecosystem. And so as a result, we have to treat antimicrobials as if they are a limited resource, a non-renewable Resource in a sense rather than something that we can continually get more of. We have few new drugs in the pipeline, and um, as a result, it, it's important to formulate a very structured approach to stewardship. And so, what's happened is in a variety of medical fields, both human, animal, um, and environmental, people have developed some core components of antimicrobial stewardship to sort of guide how we preserve the use of these drugs. So an antimicrobial stewardship program generally has five key core principles, and those are a commitment to stewardship, and that's really about engagement and having a leader in the organization who drives antimicrobial stewardship. You have to, number two, have an advocate for a system of care to prevent common diseases. So a focus up front on prevention versus treatment after infection, which is something we already do in the swine world. Uh, number three is to select and use antimicrobial drugs judiciously um, using evidence-based approach or making a diagnosis for example um, referring to relevant guidelines and assessing outcomes of use for example the fourth core principle is to evaluate antimicrobial drug use practices so collecting some feedback on how well drugs work in clinical cases and using that to inform efforts And then the fifth core principle is to educate and build expertise, so to consistently adapt new technology, new science, new information.
0: So it sounds like there's a lot of different things that are included in this antimicrobial stewardship program, but why do we care about having that documented? Is that something that producers or production systems should do, or is it just something to be aware of?
1: So, in human medicine, uh, these programs are formal programs, and they're documented um, as part of a particular clinic or hospital or system of hospital's approach to how they use antimicrobials and how they um, preserve their efficacy and on the human side, a lot of this is driven by these formal programs now being a part of requirements for funding from a number of different agencies at both state and federal levels so These programs have been driven partly by that funding model on the human side. They've demonstrated success in terms of better antimicrobial stewardship. And so the concern is that as we identify the need to expand those to veterinary medicine, the same incentive in terms of federal funding and things like that really doesn't exist in the veterinary environment. The client pays all the bills, right? And so the question is then what happens potentially there will be an, a viewpoint that says maybe we ought to regulate or require these plans. And, and so our thought process is a lot of what we read in those five core principles, we're already doing in swan medicine and swan production. We're doing it better than um, some other areas. And, and so if we could document that and create a formal plan, we might have something that's workable and valuable to us rather than something that's imposed that doesn't necessarily fit because it was developed in a different area of medicine.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So, pulling together something structured, a lot of it is things that are already done, things that pork producers do every day, um, and kind of making a, a specific plan for that based off that.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, um, I think this formal approach that identifies the components within these five core principles that we're already doing actually tells a very good story about swine medicine and pork production, we are focused on preventive medicine. We have specific mechanisms, structures, procedures to try and improve biosecurity and and lessen disease transfer, right? These are things that really don't exist in other areas of medicine. It's very hard to impose biosecurity standards on humans, as we've learned over the pandemic. And so, I think there are a number of situations where we we are um, ahead, in a sense, and and preferencing these non-antimicrobial interventions. And it's important to tell our story and make sure people understand that. And one way to do it is to formulate a formal documented plan. And it, it generally starts as a collection of, here are the things we're already doing that fit those five core principles. And, and when we've started to make that effort, what we found is that we're doing a lot of things that are consistent with antimicrobial stewardship. We just haven't taken the time to formally collect them and then Package them in a way that we can communicate those things better.
0: For sure. And I think that, that leads into my next question really well. And, and that is how is antimicrobial stewardship different than judicious use of antimicrobials? So are those kind of interchangeable terms, or what do those, those mean?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because um, judicious use is something that we've been talking about in swan medicine and pork production for decades. And really, it's one of these five broader core principles so judicious use is still something that's very important to stewardship it helps us incorporate the most current scientific information make sure we're getting the right drug in the right place at the right time Um, but stewardship encompasses a lot of things around that so stewardship is a broader treatment of what we're doing to make sure we're using antibiotics as um, judiciously as we can for instance the emphasis on advocating for systems of care to prevent common diseases. That's a preventive effort, right? And and that's not really using drugs judiciously, but it's certainly part of stewardship. So stewardship in these five core principles are broader than just using drugs judiciously, but judicious use is a is a key core element.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Stewardship is a bigger umbrella in which judicious use falls underneath. So the next question is how can I, or how can this pork producer improve their stewardship what are the kind of tangible things that they can they can start doing now in order to improve that
1: yeah so i think the first thing is um being aware of the five core principles as they've been outlined by the avma um, in the veterinary medicine context and then really starting to think critically about what are the policies procedures practices programs that you already have in place that really help to support each of these five core tenants of stewardship. And I I think that's a good starting point is really um, most farms I work with, they have some sort of biosecurity plan, usually have some sort of written program, right? So that would fall in priority number two, advocate for a system of care to prevent common diseases, right? Um, Commitment to stewardship, clearly identifying who makes the antimicrobial decisions and and what's their training and background or, or level of expertise to really guide those stewardship endeavors, right? How often is stewardship represented among all the other influences in how the system is managed and guided and decisions are made? You know, evaluating antimicrobial drug use practices, taking, a, taking an opportunity to look at treatments in a group and, and understand how that contributed to that group's outcome, for example. Educate and build expertise, certainly that's a role that the university expects to provide help and resources and be involved in, so reach out to us when you're looking for um, answers to questions or guidance on these type things. We're working on some examples of stewardship plans that um, really are, are largely an aggregate of things that producers are already doing. It's not a lot of new work or a lot of new information, but we've got to pull it together in a way that translates well to all the other medical disciplines and convinces people who, you know, might take a regulatory perspective that, we're paying attention to this, and we already have a lot of things in place that, that are important.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I think that kind of points to some of the key takeaways that um, producers can, can focus on from this episode. And probably the biggest one is just being educated about what antimicrobial stewardship is um, and kind of what all falls into that. So yep. just to review those, those components of an antimicrobial stewardship program, first is a commitment to stewardship. The second is to advocate for a system of care to prevent common diseases. The third is to select and use antimicrobial drugs judiciously. And so this doesn't necessarily just mean reducing a blanket statement of reducing drug use. But as Dr. Carricker said, it's choosing the right drug in the right place at the right time so that that antimicrobial is being used effectively. The fourth is evaluating antimicrobial drug use practices. And the fifth is educating and building expertise. So really kind of starting with being educated on antimicrobial stewardship so that you can speak with other producers and the general public about how antimicrobials are being used um, on your farm is, is really important. So I think we, as, a, as an industry and producers already do a lot of this, and so I think that's great, but it is important to be able to formally show that.
1: Yeah, and I think you made a great point. You touched on a great point there in terms of there's nothing in these core tenets or principles or in the concept of antimicrobial stewardship that sets arbitrary use limits or um, uses the amount of use as the primary driver metric. That's not the goal. The goal is to, to, to better conserve it as a resource um, versus trying to achieve arbitrary levels of use. And I think, I think that's a key difference, and it's important because um, there may be instances where we're much more effective with the, drug, with the level of drug use that we already have, and that would be a big step forward. It wouldn't be reflected in total amount of drug use, for example, but it would be an important improvement.
0: Right. Appropriate use is more important than just limiting use. Yep. Well, thank you so much for discussing this t- with me today, Dr. It's Fun to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. For sure. As, as I mentioned, you can see what we discussed in the podcast notes. If you're having any trouble accessing or if you have a question that you'd like featured on the podcast, please give us an email at isusmec at iastate.edu. Please share this episode. Watch for our next episode. We release them monthly. We'll discuss and answer other swine health topics from pork producers. Have a great day and thanks for listening. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship.